0: good morning everybody thank you for inviting us here today Uh, it's a privilege but it's also a comfort to us to be here with you and to see that uh, in spite of all the things that have separated us this year that you remain faithful to jesus christ and that uh, i'm just grateful that Whatever the world's doing out there doesn't have to determine what happens in here among in the body of Christ. So thank you for your faithfulness. And I, I really do applaud you, Pastor, too, in a very intense and confusing year of ministry that uh, you do this uh, three times every Sunday. So I really appreciate that and uh, applaud you for that. Thank you for that faithfulness. I want to talk to you today, if I may, about... Missions and the clarity of scripture, but before we do that, I'd like to just uh, review a little bit about ministry Uh, Kitty and I officially are retired from full-time fully supported active missionary status with ABW as of the last the the end of last year I'm still serving actively as a part-time employee whatever that means and we're serving in West Africa and able to continue ministry there, for which we're grateful. That includes leadership training. But more importantly for us right now, which is our last big project, is a church planting effort in northern, um, in northern Benin. So Kitty and I served uh, three terms originally in West Africa and Togo planting churches and along with that always goes leadership training we're doing that with a team of missionaries in the capital city of Lomé, and the person who planted the second church with us is now the the togolese missionary couple that's over in Benin planting that church and they are they're virtually alone with a little bit of support and visits from us but we have no ABW missionaries there so please do be praying. Uh, maybe you should go, at least for a while, short term, and pray that God will send full-time missionaries to pick up on that work because the church plant that's there in the center of the, the town of Natsitengu in northern Benin will be the center, central church, And out of that, if tradition holds, as ministry in West Africa in Togo has proven, that church will become a catalyst for a church-planting movement, uh, spawning off other chapels and churches, meeting places in other areas. In fact, we have one down south a couple hours. Some believers from Nati have moved to Paraku, and they're, they're crying for somebody to come and lead them in their congregation. So already that movement has started from a central church to other churches that are being planted. And then, of course, out of that central church will come uh, leaders uh, and developing, maturing people who are walking with Christ and are called of God, then who can go and, and lead those chapels and churches. So pray about the training. There's actually pray for Octave, Octave, Octave is a believer in Nati, who is actually training now in leadership. He goes over to Togo, to a major town in Togo, gets some training when ABW is teaching courses over there, and then he comes back and he's been helping with the leadership of that church. So we don't know if he's been called of the Lord yet, really, to serve as in pastoral ministry, but please support him in prayer. Octave is his name, and we'll see uh, what God chooses to do with him. So, uh, Kitty and I are here uh, as one of, probably, our final times to meet with you, and uh, we just want to express to you a sincere and deep appreciation for this church, how you have come alongside of us. You've been so generous financially. You have been so proactive in your friendship and your moral support of us as we have uh, served the Lord overseas and we just feel blessed to have been a part of this congregation and your friendship as we have attempted together to spread the gospel into to West Africa. So please know that that, that uh, effort on your part is well noted, and I'm sure that each one of your missionaries can attest to that because uh, you have proven yourselves to be of that character, and we deeply, deeply appreciate it. So, Kitty and I will be meeting with the Missions Committee a little bit later and explaining some other things related to the Benin Project. Again, it's the first of its kind, ABW Church Plant in northern Benin. And it, uh, Lord willing, will be a central church, a catalyst for really seeing the gospel spread. We, we know that there have been other good agencies and gospel witnesses in the country of Benin, but in the north, as far as we know, there's no solid witness of the gospel in the town of Natitengu. And so we are privileged to be part of that effort, and we want to make sure that we uh, bring that to completion for God's honor and glory and for the salvation of souls. It's, they're doing well, and we're very hopeful we're trying to get into Benin uh, to start a, a church construction, building construction project, but we cannot get in those countries. We can, we could get in, but there's a risk of being quarantined for the two-week trip that we're uh, headed there for anyway, so it just isn't worth it just yet. Some other countries in West Africa are opening up fully to travel and without quarantine, so... Uh, That would be a major request if you would pray that God would give those governments confidence to open their countries so that we can get back in there. So uh, I'd like to pray together with you and then uh, look at the subject that's in front of us. Father, we do acknowledge uh, that uh, we have struggled in this year as we have faced many challenges, uh, both as a country and, and really as your church. And we thank you for those struggles. We know that those will bring to us uh, uh, maturity. And we have learned many things. We just pray that you'll give us strength to be and to do uh, what is truly representative of your people. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the heartbeat of uh, missionary enterprise is found in passages like Jeremiah 31.10 where it says, hear the word of the Lord, O nations, and declare it in the coastlands far away. So as a missionary, uh, in that context, in our effort, desire to proclaim the word of God with clarity, uh, we understand that there are certain questions that we need to review and affirm because uh, it's very significant Whenever we stand in front of people and we claim to have the Word of God and claim to uh, represent God's Word to them. And so, some of the questions that we review, not because we doubt the answers or not because we don't have the answers to this, but it's good for us, it's healthy for us to review these questions. Has God really spoken? And then can we know what he says and can we understand what he means by what he says? And then will I ever be able to accurately communicate that word from God in another language and in a culturally relevant way? And then if I am able to do that, will the hearers be able to understand sufficiently? <clears throat> so that uh, when Christ is presented as Lord and Savior, they'll be able to receive that and with understanding? In other words, if we think we are accurately communicating uh, God's word, is the person, the receptor in that in their culture, able to grasp that truth? Will they be able to understand it objectively as God really intended it for them to do? So, I don't know if any of you have played the, uh, the telephone game. Sit in a semicircle and. The first person has a message, and they whisper it to the next person. That person whispers it to the next person. It goes around the circle until the last person. And that person reveals what they think they heard from the next to the last, and then it's compared with what the original message was. And how often do those two match up where the real message got through with accuracy to the end? that's a challenge in communication that we face and very simply stated as the missionary considers what they're doing what we need to understand is that the, the is the process the process process is that when god gives us his word we attempt to accurately comprehend what he means by what he says so intellectually we if we have it and we do understand objectively what God's word says, then we try to put it through our language filter and put into words what we, what we believe we know. And as that word is communicated to the hearer, then they take it into their filter, their hearing filter, their receptor filter, and it's processed and then will they ultimately arrive at the meaning and understanding that God originally intended when he communicated that word through the the speaker just want to remind you that each one of us deals with cross cultural life and ministry because if you've ever taught for example the twos and threes or the fours and fives and you take the deep truths of God's word and you try to transmit that to the twos twos and threes fours and fives that's going to be a different language style. You're going to have to adapt to what they they can understand, what they uh, un- uh, know as words and the meaning of words, and you're going to have to bring it down, God's deep truths uh, to those children so that they can understand. And that is possible. It's just that we need to recognize what's going on there and what we, what we need to do. Or you may have to, or you may be called to communicate God's word to university elites. That, again, is going to be a, a whole different ball game, a whole different language, so that, so that we can reach that capacity and, and help them understand in, in rational, coherent ways what the truth of God and how faith, um, how faith uh, interacts with what they understand to be science. So they will see sometimes science as contradictory to faith and we need to help them understand how how faith in in the eternal true creator god is not uh something that's abstract and arbitrary but indeed it is objective and something that they are for which they are responsible. And then as an employee you might Uh, also be called to communicate up this societal ladder to the CEO of your company, somebody who is your authority, somebody who is your boss. But they need to hear the word of God. And that, again, will be uh, going through those filters and crossing those cultural boundaries so so that that person can have the privilege of knowing the truth of God's word. So I want to make sure that having laid out some questions that we also affirm something about those. Let's affirm together that yes, God has indeed spoken. No question about that. And he will preserve his word. Let's affirm together that it was his full intention that his creatures would be able to understand what he intended us to know. Let's affirm together that 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 word of his... Is transmittable from one person to another or as has been touched on this morning or if we are trying to put God's Word from one language into the other the scriptures in translation and that um, that will have uh, an effect God's Word will never return to him empty it will have a positive effect and will result hopefully in Uh, A true knowledgeable fellowship that we can have that our hearers can have with God himself and be in fellowship with him so in a a recent uh, series that I followed with dr. John frame he starts out by citing the Westminster confession of faith addressing this subject of the clarity of scripture so I want to read the statement to you out of the confession And then we'll talk about what it doesn't mean and what it does mean. The statement says, All Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear to all. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded and open in some place of Scripture or other, that not only the learned but the unlearned in due use of ordinary means may attain unto a sufficient understanding of them so this does not mean that scripture is instantly clear to everyone who just opens the bible and points to a passage If this if i had my Eve bible up here and if i could read it properly to you and if you could understand that language and we were to go to a passage that would not necessarily mean that that is instantly clear or plain uh, in our understanding. No, it takes it takes a process which the which the statement calls ordinary means, but it does mean that anyone can understand sufficiently everything necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation, as as the central concern of the Philippian jailer uh, when he talked to the apostles he said sirs what must I do to be saved and so that is uh, where we want to bring people we want to to bring them to a knowledge of what is required in salvation and and we believe fully that God is able to accomplish that in their lives so we may not be able to understand everything that has to do with Jewish culture We may not be able to understand the delicacies and the nuances of the biblical languages in their entirety. uh, But we can understand what is necessary or crucial in order to be saved. Why? Because the gospel is clear. And while there may be something stated in one passage that we just don't quite understand, and maybe is a little bit vague there, In other contexts, the same truth will be stated in a way that is clear to us, and we praise God for that. So the unlearned person, as well as the learned, can understand Scripture. Uh, We won't probably understand it equally and in the same way uh, across the board, but indeed uh, through ordinary means, as we have said, which is the, the, uh, uh, the reading and the study of a passage words and meanings as well as being taught by those that god gives us to be our teachers as well as and especially the holy spirit who illumines us and understands uh, god's will and word uh, as we seek to uh, proceed in that in that way and so the clarity uh, of the scripture has a has a lot to do with God's sovereignty, his power, his control over the process. The word of God is clear because God speaks clearly. He doesn't have a problem with language, and he speaks clearly in a way that we are designed to receive it. And God has power to enunciate clearly what he wants to communicate to his creatures. So in communication, if, if we are not clear in what we say, then we have not really communicated. And God doesn't have that problem. He is clear. So that's why we need to very fully rely on him in this process. Since God is the singular and ultimate source of all truth, capital T truth, then all truth that we can know is derived from him. He is the truth. He owns the truth. And he teaches us his truth. So God, uh, who is sovereign and creator, constructed language, sentence structure, syntax, words, their accompanying meanings, and he built the human mind, his image bearers. He built our minds to understand what he, in whose image we are made, uh, wants to communicate to us in the process and so he's created man mouth ears mind understanding so that that can be fulfilled in him and so that he can make his will known to us so as a missionary I'm interested in that I work in that all the time that we're speaking in a different language and to a different culture we acknowledge that God uh, has placed into existence all that is whether they're objects Truths, principles, laws of existence, all that is. God can and he does enunciate, meaning he describes clearly, those things that are are in perfect harmony with actuality. So we speak about clarity in terms of how things correspond to that reality and, and we speak about clarity in a way that that shows that the human mind is able to understand God's communication. When I was in school over here in Grand Rapids uh, at the seminary, Dr. Victor Matthews uh, one time asked our class this question, probably did to all of his classes, each of his classes. He said, if you were God and wanted to communicate your truth to your creatures, how would you do that? And in every category that we can think of about communication, God has made sure that he spoke to us with clarity and with finality. Now, we know that he's incomprehensible. God doesn't tell us everything, and we couldn't understand everything that he tells us. In fact, uh, if it weren't for his spirit, uh, actually going both ways as we pray and try to communicate to God Uh, we are very feeble in our ability to communicate God language to him. And so the Holy Spirit helps us in that, and the Holy Spirit also gives us the ability to understand his language as it's brought down to us. But God is incomprehensible to us as creatures, especially as fallen creatures. Job 1.7 says, Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It is higher than heaven. What can you do? It is deeper than Sheol. What can you know? And then you're familiar with Isaiah 55, 8, which says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares Jehovah. For the heavens are higher than the earth, so, so for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. But, It is true that God intended for us to have certain truth, and he has revealed that to us, Romans 119. For what can be known about God, what he intends for us to know, he has made it plain to us whether through special or general revelation. He has made known to us truths that are vital to us, because God shows that to us. And so, again, God must show it to us if we are to truly have objective truth and be able to communicate that. And then, of course, John 16 reminds us that, that we have the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of the truth, the spirit of truth. And if it were not for him, we would not have a guide that takes us into all truth. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand the things freely given us by God. And then our part is, and we impart those in words. And we communicate words with their inherent meanings to those who need to hear it. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So God created man with that intrinsic ability to receive and interpret what God intended to communicate, and as he does that through us, uh, that's where we absolutely need him to intervene. And that's a great comfort to the missionary, because frankly, we struggle, And, and, and we are not sometimes very good in different languages, and we are communicating at best, a minimum, and so it is a real challenge in missionary service for us as we continue, but God is, God is gracious. God created us as rational creatures, and it's in his intention that we uh, are able to grasp and absorb and to put into knowledgeable practice uh, what he teaches us. Psalm 94.9 points out that God is the creator of, and it says he who planted the ear does he not hear in other words he who created the human mind created in his own image and, and as persons is he uh, does god struggle then to communicate to us uh, as his image bearers and his creatures not at all it's no problem to god because the lord will make himself known even to the foreign nations like the egyptians and Isaiah says the Egyptians will know the Lord in that day. So God uh, has communicated fully with people. And there's really no indication in Scripture that I know of that uh, shows that people uh, were unable to understand what God was conveying because God speaks clearly. He's in, in control. He has power to overcome any problems in the process of communication, whether the spoken word or the written word as it's placed in other language. Now, uh, because God does speak clearly, and we have, uh, we can see that, we have established that, his expectation then is that we will receive it as his authoritative word, looking toward obedience, that we would obey it because it is his his authoritative word that has been clear. That means because he has done that with clarity and given man the ability to accurately comprehend what he's saying and what he has sent to us, we have no excuses when it comes to obedience. So again in Romans chapter 1, he has revealed himself in such a way that even his invisible attributes, that is his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly perceived by those who, who see it, so that they, we, are without excuse. So we can never say to God, God, you weren't very clear on that subject, and so I just, that's why I did what I thought was best. No, God is, God is clear. And he said, you shall know that I am the Lord. And when we fail in our obedience, he points it out, That we have not obeyed his rules, his statutes, but have acted according to our either our own whims or acted according to those who are around us. Now in the missionary context, it is very important to associate the clarity of Scripture with God's presence. God Himself accompanies his word. That's really comforting. To know that as we speak God's word, the person who gave it is there and is influencing that interaction. I'd like to invite you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30, if you would. And I want to read together verses 11 to 16. And this is going to highlight this reality that the clarity of scripture is linked to God's presence. And that it is not far away from the hearer. So Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11, it says, For this command that I command, commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you, neither is it far off. It's not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend to heaven for us to bring, bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it? And do it but the word is very near you it's in your mouth and in your heart so that you can do it so God never assumes that fallen man is going to seek him and that God, we are going to initiate communication with him he takes the initiative and he as he always has he spoke with Adam and Eve in the garden and he walked with them in the cool of the day He wrote the Ten Commandments himself, physically on tablets of stone that could be brought down from the mountain and could be placed in the tent of meeting the tabernacle where it would be near the people, close to them, along with his person and his own presence. He sent the prophets, and he gave the inspired holy scriptures. And as you know, he ultimately sent his son. And the Holy Spirit who is, who is our comforter. And then I want to emphasize the fact that God isn't done sending. He sends you and me. He sends messengers to communicate that word. Frail as we are, but he's given us that responsibility. He always intended to communicate with his image bearers. It was never our initiative that established that communication between us and God. It was his sovereign purpose to communicate to us. He made our minds so that we could grasp and absorb and communicate and fellowship with him. It was God's authoritative act which gave us his expectations and wisdom. And it was through the incarnation that he proactively brought his word to us. Emmanuel, Jesus, the word. Hebrews 1.1 Long ago... In many times, many ways, meaning by every reasonable expected means, God spoke to us, spoke to our fathers by the prophets, and in these last days, he has gone the full length and he has spoken to us in his Son. In the beginning was the Word, the capital W, that's a person. The Word was with God and the Word was God. And God and Christ, the Lord came to his own. So, um, as we kind of reflect on this year, one of our greatest uh, deficits in our society is that we have lost our moorings. One of the most significant, most foundational, fundamental things that we need are absolutes and absolute truth. Everybody does seem to have their own truth, Yours is going to be different than mine. Mine is going to be different than hers. And there is a clash of truths and no moorings that guide us to the truth, capital T truth, God's truth. And so, our uh, as you sense the same thing. Our our country's in a death spiral, really. And we don't have the clarity or the grounding that we need. And so. Truth is now whatever the the group is that's controlling the narrative, that's the new truth for today. And that's what's expected of you and me. Praise God that as his people, we don't have to comply with that. We have a foundation. We have the truth. We know who is the truth. God himself. And our reliance uh, can be Fully and only on Him. So praise God that He's faithfully given us objective truth. We need those absolutes. I, w- I, I do not want to step on my brake pedal and have the car accelerate. I need to know that, it, that there is a fixed thing about that pedal and that it will stop me. Praise God that truth is clear and that the Bible can be communicated accurately. Praise God that He overrides the frailties and inadequacies of His messengers. Praise God that he unblocks the biases and the cultural hesitation of the hearers and that they have a new heart, they can be given a new heart so that they can willingly receive the truths of God's word. And praise God that the unlearned person can understand the gospel as well as the learned person. So that that old grandmother in a northern Beninese town way back in the mountains somewhere off the beaten path no roads leading to it maybe a footpath probably a footpath only that that lady who has never seen the outside of a school has never sat at the the foot of a teacher that person can understand whatever is necessary for salvation equally to the person who has gone through university training and beyond god is great he preserves his word so as you and i witness my brothers and sisters uh, let me encourage you with these final thoughts we enjoy certainty about the scriptures we carry it is absolute because god is absolute it is clear because god is clear we confidently share the gospel knowing that when we communicate imperfectly and I'm here to tell you that for me that's much of the time that I communicate imperfectly that God intervenes and he overrides my mistakes linguistically conceptually whatever it might be I'm so grateful for that God intervenes so uh, I want to encourage you to be bold and confident in him let's not let our inadequacies to in communicate or our fears to cross cultural barriers keep us from proclaiming his word to those that need to hear it. We must do that. And then we can rejoice in that the gospel we communicate is not hard to understand. The word, capital W, Jesus himself, accompanies and is near to the hearer when they hear his word. So one final time, Kitty and I just want to thank you for your love and friendship throughout these years. Uh, We're not far away in Grand Rapids, and we cherish your friendship and uh, would be uh, grateful for any other interaction with you in the future, uh, as God enables us to do. So thank you for sending us as your missionaries, uh, commissioning us to to be your voice uh, uh, around the world in West Africa. And thank you for sending us to declare the word of the Lord to the coastlands far away. Thanks.